okay. Let's just goof around. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than you did last time. Last time you just left me out to dry. <laughs> I was just like talking. I'm like, Sana, say something. Sana, are I, you there? I, I, I won't promise this time also, probably if I don't know the topic, maybe I will leave you dry. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, see, sort of the point is for you to ask questions about the topic. See, you are the apprentice, Sana, and I am the master. Right. So you tell are, me, you are, tell me, James, you are learning Newcomb, this business. What are you going to talk about today? We're going to talk about our podcasting business, our fledgling and highly successful thus far podcasting business as a service to our valued clients and would-be clients who are tuning in, who are considering perhaps doing a podcast or using us to take their podcasting game to the next level. That's why we're doing it, sweetness. How do you define success? (laughs) I think it could be defined any number of ways. Some people have a certain definition of success and If you look at their life, you look at the big picture of their life, uh, it's not successful at all. They have money, uh, they have fame, they have um, notoriety in this world, but they're deeply unhappy. And at the same time, conversationally, you see some people who don't have what, what, what we traditionally define as success. They don't have money. They don't have fame. They don't have, um, you know, the, the usual things that we associate with the word success, but they're very happy. They're content. They're fulfilled. Their children are happy. And so it really, it, success is very much, um, it's very relative, honey. It really depends on what you think and what is valuable to you. So it's really hard to say, but I define it as are you living the life that you know you were meant to live? That's success. And it has nothing to do with money or how many people listen to your podcast or whether or not you're ever on featured on a TED Talk or something like that. It's, that has nothing to do with it. All that is nice. And I think if you do what you do well, that's kind of the, the natural rewards for doing well. But that's not how you how you measure success considering your definition of success are you happy i am talking with the love of my life and i know that she loves me and i love her and we're just waiting until we can be in each other's arms once again and stare lovingly into each other's eyes and so, yes, I'm, I, I think that I'm successful. And happy? Very happy. Very, very happy? <sighs> very, very, very happy, honey. I think your puppy kind of confirmed your happiness. Yeah, my, that puppy is, <laughs> is very happy. Every time someone walks by the door, she wants to go say hi and interrupts our conversation and our train of thought, doesn't she? Well, how about you, Sana? How do you define success? 
You don't ask me question tonight. I only ask you question. No, 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 no. No, this is not how this show works, honey. This is life on the beaten path with James and Sana. So if you ask me, it's fair game. I'm going to ask you the same thing. How do you define success, baby? Success for me is when I fulfill my goals and dreams. <laughs> you fulfill your goals and dreams. <laughs> that is so profound. <laughs> so profound. Wow. My <clears throat> mind is bursting from the sheer profundity of which your recent statement was just oozing <laughs> of profoundness. I'm a very self-motivated person. I'm not waiting for a tap on my back or um, appreciation to reach to my goals and dreams. I try to always set smart goals. Uh, that means specific, measurable, attainable, reliable, and time timely manner I could reach it. So, um, and I try to always do what I love to do and what's my passion. So, um, if I can fulfill and accomplish uh, what I set forth as a goal, that's uh, that's when I'm really happy and. I feel I achieved something in my life, and that leads to my success. That's terrific. You know, when I was first had the idea for this business, which eventually became what it is now, Beaten Path Media, it was probably about a year ago that I first had the idea for a media-type business, and of which would include podcast production and podcast coaching, which is a lot of what it is uh, right now in the in the very early days. But another part, another idea that I had was to take old out-of-print books, books that are uh, past the date of um, like the intellectual property or the copyright has expired, and bring them back into print. And the first book that I took was called Success and Failure, and it's by a fellow by the name of Robert Horton. I think he's, sounds like he's British, just judging by the way. His writing style is very British, very proper, very formal. Of course, Horton is a very British name, too. And so what I did is I just took the book. I found it on an archive that has um, uh, out-of-print books that copyrights expired, and I just typed it out. I had the, I typed it on my iPad or on my uh, laptop or maybe on my big computer and was looking at it from the laptop or whatever. I typed the whole thing out, and it's so profound. It's just, it's, uh, just the way that the author describes success and failure is very, very interesting. And just to think about how sometimes the biggest failure uh, on the surface is the biggest success. It just really gave me a lot to think about as I was typing it. And so my big project, once now that I've mentioned it, I have to make it available. And I have it typed out, and I'm just going to uh, make it in PDF print, PDF format, and I highly recommend anyone who's interested in uh, think uh, like something that's really going to prod their thinking about success and failure to go check it out. So I'll have it on the website. It's beatenpath.media slash success, beatenpath.media slash success. Well, anyway, Sana, speaking of success, I had an interesting 
a conversation this past week, or maybe it was the end of last week. And one of my clients, I guess the my first client, edit, editing client, is Ben Greenfield. And he uh, sent an email to myself as well as the marketing director for Ben Greenfield Fitness. He was His concern was how Spotify is kind of moving up the ranks in the podcasting world. Apple, of course, has been the big player with podcasting. They even coined the term podcast because the first uh, interviews or the first shows that were streamed online were, were on the iPod. And so Steve Jobs, being the brilliant entrepreneur he was, he just created the phrase podcast. And so... Apple, just by virtue of being the first player on the scene, they kind of own the term podcast. But Spotify is really has have really been making some big gains as far as grabbing the market share for podcast listeners. And the big, huge move that they did this past, I think it was late May, early June-ish, was Joe Rogan. Sana, have you heard of Joe Rogan? I'm afraid not. Okay. That's because, one, you're in Vietnam, you're not American, and two, uh, until recently, you're not that familiar with podcasts until you met me. Well, Joe Rogan has an uber, uber successful podcast, easily uh, the pro- probably the most listened to podcast in America. Uh, you go to the iTunes podcast section, and he's always up there on the rankings. Like, number one listened to podcast this week is whatever Joe Rogan put out, just very, very successful. He recently signed a deal with Spotify uh, to be exclusively hosted on, uh, like his show will be only available on Spotify. Previously, it's been on all of the all of the platforms that you can think of. Um, and of course, he streamed it live on YouTube. And now he's going only exclusively on Spotify. So I think... I think around mid-October to early November is when the deal goes into place. And the only time or the only place that you'll be able to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast is on Spotify. So this client that I am servicing and have serviced for some time, he has actually been a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast before. And he was just, the wheels are spinning in his mind thinking, how can I capitalize on this move like Joe Rogan is making this major move and in a short time people are going to be flocking to Spotify in droves to listen to Joe Rogan because that's the only place he's going to be available to listen how can I capitalize Uh, this client has I, I think that you would define the avatar or the like the perfect ideal listener the typical listener would be very similar to Joe Rogan and he's actually been a guest on Joe Rogan's show before a few times, so he definitely has a lot to gain by um, taking advantage of of this move by Spotify and Joe Rogan. It, and it got me to thinking, is there any advantage to having a platform-specific strategy for your show? Like, does it have any—is it, is it to your advantage— to let's say that you have a show that has maybe a hundred to two hundred listeners per episode, which is pretty good. I mean, if you have that, if you have even, I think if you have even fifty 
loyal listeners who listen every single time you, you put out an episode, you've done very, very well for yourself. Um, it may not be, it may not appear to be all that great, but I think you're doing really well. But let's say you have like 100, maybe 200 people who tune in every time you put out an episode. Is it to your advantage to have a strategy to focus on one particular platform such as Spotify? And my answer is no. It is, it's not going to do you any good. And the reason for this is that, you know, Spotify does what they do. Apple does what they do. Stitcher does what they do because they want to make money. They're in business. And they allow uh, the, the small fish to, to host their shows on their platforms because they, they are, they're able to do it. They, they allow it for free. You don't have to pay Spotify a fee to host your show there. They do it, and it costs them a lot of money, but they stand to gain from it. But at the end of the day, they do it so that they can make money. And, you know, when we have podcasts, and even if it's never going to reach the level of Joe Rogan or a Ben Greenfield, or a John Lee Dumas, or a Tim Ferriss. Very, very, very few will ever reach that level of popularity. Uh, It could be that the max number of listeners you'll ever have is 500, and that's perfectly okay if it serves you, if it gives you that joy and that fulfillment and brings some money in the bank. Well, that could be that's all you really need. So if that's you, if, the, if you're in that position, does it make sense to focus only on one specific platform? And I think the answer is no. In the case of this one client that I've already mentioned, it makes sense for him because of those the reasons that I gave. He has been on Rogan's show before. He has a listener base that is similar to Joe Rogan. So that makes sense for him. But then if everybody, like, if if this one person is thinking that, everybody is thinking, how can I use Spotify to build my audience? You know what, Sana? The big, the, the one platform that you need to worry about is yours. You need to worry about the platform that you have control over, and that is yours. The one that you own. Your website, your email list, your app, if you own one, that's where you really need to focus on having uh, your strategy. Because that's, for the vast, vast majority of people who have a podcast, that's what's going to uh, bring money in the bank. Focusing on Spotify may bring in some listeners for the short time. You may, if you do it, quote, correctly, maybe you'll see a, a small bump for a short time. But at the end of the day, You need to focus on what matters to you, the platform. You need to focus on those things that you have control over, and that is the things that you own, such as your website, your email list, et cetera, et cetera. How about reaching out to different markets via different platforms? What do you you mean different? Because if you focus on only one channel, that means your website and app, you only reach out to a very... Uh, limited number of audience. Oh, you mean like focusing on one 
specific platform, you only have access to those listeners? Very limited audience, yeah. Yeah, I think the reasoning is, I mean, the way that the way that I think about it and the way that I recommend to people who ask me or who seek, seek my advice on things of this nature is you use these platforms like they're they're all they are is tools in your toolbox like spotify allows you to host your podcast on their platform great use it but don't depend on it don't depend on apple you know five years ago when i first got into podcasting everybody was just on top of the world if they could get onto what's called new and noteworthy on apple and it's like it's this little feature where there's this eight-week period of time where you know they, they feature brand new shows that are getting new subscribers, they're getting ratings and reviews, and so you would kind of get in the limelight, so to speak, on, on iTunes. Well, I mean, what, hap- what would happen is people would f- put so much emphasis on getting ratings and reviews for their show on iTunes and getting new subscribers on iTunes, which is now Apple, all they would do is uh, build up Apple's credibility and Apple's stature in the media world. And they would f- put zero emphasis, or, or maybe not zero, but very little emphasis on building their email list and getting new subscribers, not to Apple, but to their own newsletter or their own uh, offers that they can uh, just you know offer their the people who listen. So there's nothing wrong with getting ratings and reviews on Apple. There's nothing wrong with being noticed on Apple, but should that be the major focal point of your marketing and your promotional? I think not. You sh- you need to uh, use those platforms so that you can get people to listen and get them to your website to your mobile app, offer something in in exchange for an email address. That's where you need to put your focus. Well, anyway, off of the business topics, I want to let people know what Sana and I are up to. Of course, we are working together on this business, but we're also working on um, getting Sana a visa to come to the United States so that we can live together, which is what married people do, apparently. From what I've heard, married people who are married to each other, they live together <laughs> because of our circumstances and and whatnot. We're not able to at the moment, but we're working on it. And we've had a couple of, uh, we've made some progress. We've had some letters come in the mail recently from um, people who uh, can attest that our love and affection is genuine, that we're not just faking it. And um, we, we're expecting more in the coming weeks. So if, um, if, and this is not like, this is not like a telethon, but if people would like to know more about Sana and I and our efforts to get her to the United States, and if you feel inclined to uh, assist with some of the expenses that go along with that, hiring a, a, a very competent immigration attorney and the fees and whatnot, it, it does add up. And if you feel inclined, then we would be grateful for your support. Uh, just go to jamesandsana.com, and that'll take you right to the Patreon page that we've set up to help let people know what we're about, not just as um, partners in this media business, but just partners in life. 
just getting us together where we belong. So if you feel inclined, check check out jamesandsana.com, and that'll take you right to our Patreon page. And then another piece of news, Sana, if you can believe it. Is it good or bad? It's very good. Recently, I've been wanting to get back on the music platform or get get kind of get that horn back on my face and play. And recently... I made the decision that I'm going to start a ser- concert series, Facebook Live, and I'm just going to do start out with like karaoke, singing and playing. I have a bunch of backup tracks that I've used for um, concerts in years past, and I'm just going to get the dust off of those things. I've recently uh, purchased a, a new trumpet that I'm going to be using, and I got a really, really gr- great deal on it. So that's going to be in the near future, so you can... Find out more about that at jamesandsana.com as well. Just streaming streaming live on Facebook, maybe even on the Patreon page. Who knows? I have to work out all the technical details. But that is up and coming, and I'm very excited about it. I love and it. I think I think you'd be able to sing too. People don't know that Sana has a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> I'd love to do it. All right. Well, Sana, how long have we been going here? 24 minutes. Boy, our poor listeners... Our long-suffering listeners have stuck it out to the bitter end. Yeah, I myself was bearing it. They must truly love us to still be listening. Me too. I love you so much. 24 minutes. (laughs) Long-suffering sauna. (laughs) (laughs) Suffering through this (laughs) this agonizing podcast. Mm -hmm. All we're trying to do is make people's lives better. That's all we're trying to do. That's right. But we appreciate people pressing play and sticking it through to the bitter end. So, Sana, is there anything else that, like, parting words before we sign off for the night? No, that's it for now. See you next Sunday. Thanks for pressing play on our little show. To keep abreast of what Sana and I are up to, head on over to beatenpath.media. That's spelled B-E-A-T-I-N path dot media. And you can learn all about us, and you can follow our exploits as we bring Sana to the United States from Vietnam, where she's currently living. And there are even opportunities that you can find out about helping out with some of the financial costs with that, if you're so inclined. Just go to beatenpath.media, and just look for the About Us link at the top of the page, and you can find more about us. So, again, thanks for pressing play, and we will see you next time.